And now for something completely different. Ah! Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And what an ending to What a Market Week. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here for Financial Fitness Friday. CFP solo. <laughs> With Mr. Brent Clanton, or as we call him, the Radio Santa. Looks like the market is going to extend uh, its move this morning. Dow's up, futures are up. Uh, Dow futures up 107, S&P futures up close to 13, NASDAQ futures up 56. So thank you, Mr. Powell. It's not the Santa Claus rally. It is the Jeffrey Powell rally. A very smart man. I, when I was a kid, 10 to 12 years old, I was fascinated with the show called Wall Street Week with Louis Rukeyser. Otherwise, PBS meant nothing to me. All I knew it was sponsored by something called the Chubb Group. And then my father used to call me the Chubb Group because I was a little soft dick when I was a kid. So that was a lot of fun. Still like my sweets. So Marty Zweig, who used to be one of the regular guests, Marty Zweig wrote some of the best books on Wall Street. And he always had the adage, I just read his, his books again not too long ago, don't fight the Fed. Boy, Mr. Swag, if you're, you're out there in the universe, you don't know how true that is. So we'll wait and see what today's looks like, but it looks like we're going to build on the record-setting rally. We got some earnings. Uh, we got Darden coming out. So the interesting thing about Darden I've always liked the company, always liked the stock. This is not a recommendation to buy it. Because I always thought they hit the middle market of restaurants, right? Your Red Lobsters, your Olive Gardens, pretty decent dividend, decent cash flows. And then they went out and they bought Ruth Chris. And I thought they overpaid for it. And there, a couple of reports ago, they come out and they said, well, Seems like people at Ruth Christ are trading down. So I was at Ruth Christ for Thanksgiving. And um, I have to tell you, I was surprised at the drop in quality. No, no disparaging remarks to anybody who loves Ruth Christ, but I was just, it was sort of dirty, sort of disheveled. Uh, it was not what I was used to from the restaurant. So I don't know. I thought maybe, maybe the, uh, the lower restaurant segments are hitting the upper segments, so they're trying to save money. But they're coming out today. We got Empire Manufacturing coming out for today, coming out for November. So we'll see how that looks. Um, again, uh, one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that it's the Fed, and we're just here to participate. And it's getting to the point where certain stocks are absolutely overbought, and a lot of smart investors have been taking profits, and I don't think that is a bad idea. We'll see how that, uh, how that transpires. Um, the Eurozone obviously is continuing to weaken, so we have the signs. We have leading indicators coming down. The Fed sees something. Obviously, some of us don't. I was taken back 
by the statements. I really thought that they would continue on the hawkish stance. I didn't expect them to relent. If I've got a quiver full of arrows for a time when I am going to be up against a bear or I'm going to be up against a rabbit, I probably won't use those arrows in my quiver for the rabbit. I might wait for something bigger, but it seems as if the Fed doesn't wait for something bigger. It seems that we don't even want to go there. We don't want to keep those arrows in the quiver for when we need them. We'll just anticipate that we need them. This mollify of of cycles. We want to make sure that nothing is too hot, nothing is too cold, and that everything remains fine. And meanwhile, the market uses it as a reason to take off. As an investor, it's very difficult not to participate. Although people who didn't want to participate in January through March and April and May because they were worried, are now starting to get in, right? Because we are notoriously late for the party. So I would look as one of my rules for year-end, how am I going to rebalance my portfolio? So about four weeks ago, so um, obviously as being part of RIA, we study yield curves. So we have been looking at the fact that extending out on the yield curve, some could say we were a bit early on that, as opposed to piling all your money into 5% short-term cash, which is lucrative, right, compared to what we've experienced over the last 13 years. However, you've got to look where the puck is going to go. And we knew that rates were go weren't going to be able to sustain at the, at the level they were. So going out in duration was where a lot of smart, especially institutional or very well-tenured individual retail investors were going. But now you're probably going to look at a point where yields will drop off a little bit. I mean, actually increase a bit, you know, as this, as we continue to see what goes on as new data comes out. So you got to remember the optimism is out there when things are really optimistic or Things are really dire. I do not get emotionally pulled in to the cycle. I like to stay outside the cycle and examine it. A good financial advisor, um, a good trader, or a good investor knows not to get swept up in the euphoria. And if they do get swept up, they understand to not fight the tape. But they also understand the tide can go out as well. So many investors who are in tech and other investments throughout the year are trimming profits. So your portfolio, especially your longer term, say in your 401k, if you haven't looked at it, you're probably skewed as far as what your, what your portfolio allocation looks like. You need to go back and examine that. You need to go back and maybe trim back to where you should be from a risk perspective. Forget, come up with the rule, forget the euphoria, forget when things get dire, stick to the rule, and just go through it. Um, 
I don't know if you ever read any books by Ryan Holiday, but Ryan Holiday is one of the, he examines all the Stoics, Marcus Aurelius, so forth. He does a really good job at talking about and writing about what the Stoics, uh, sort of how they acted. They kept their emotions in check. They would have been, I think, extremely good investors. Sort of like the Warren Buffetts of their time. I bet they were good at bartering and doing all the other things that they needed to do. When we get back, we're going to talk about not only is your wallet strained, but when it comes to pets, how much money are you going to spend? What does it really cost to own that furry friend of yours? We can get back. Stay tuned. Investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. I cannot believe how fast the holidays are rolling in. I wonder if, if uh, Powell wears a little Santa Claus outfit. For Christmas. Somewhere along the line, Banks called him and said, listen, all your quantitative tightening, everything we're going through, you got to cut it out, buddy. I'd like to be a fly on that wall to listen to some of those calls coming in. All right. So we are going to start January real strong. We're going to have a lot of events next year, so keep that in mind. We're going to look at, uh, of course, our candid coffees, Every, every month. Lunch and Learns, here to help you understand Social Security, uh, all elements of financial planning, Medicare. Um, but we're starting uh, with navigating the markets in a presidential cycle. And this is going to feature Greg Valliere. And if you have, haven't heard Greg Valliere speak, Greg is one of the most amazing overall political pundits I've ever met where he doesn't get overly emotional about it. He looks at the pros and cons, right? He's sort of like the eagle of this, of this sphere, right? He will go in and examine the pros and cons and how the markets will respond. So we are looking to, uh, if you are looking to look at having Greg Valier listen to him speak, I would tell you we're going to have an event coming up on January 27th on a Saturday. Pre-registration is available at realinvestmentadvice.com. We'll also have Lance, uh, Adam Taggart, Michael Leibowitz to talk about the climate of markets in a presidential cycle. But just to listen to Greg speak um, – really is a highlight of mine. It has been for years. So I was glad that we were able to secure him for this very special event. Uh, seating is limited. So if you go in, it's 99 bucks, early bird special. I think we got like 150 seats. I don't know how many we filled. 
so far, but this will have, we'll have lunch for you. We'll have, you know, everything you need, but you want to keep your brain fed and stimulated for all the good things you're going to hear at this event at the Hotel Sinesta. So looking forward to that, that to kick off the year and seeing Greg again. It's been a while. So um, we all know we're having problems with our household balance sheets for the most part. Inflation is tough for everybody. Wages, although we have seen real wages increase a little bit, they haven't kept up with inflation overall over the last three or four years. Uh, we also know that the rate of change of inflation is what the Fed focuses on. But listen, um, the plateau has been set higher. The bar is set higher for things you need to pay for every day. And what we have found is owning a pet has become a luxury. And the reason I talk to this is like almost 66% of households own pets, right? And they usually have more than one. And it used to be relatively inexpensive to own a pet. So there was a um, company called OnePole. They did a survey for MetLife. And this is MetLife uh, pet insurance. And more and more people are looking at pet insurance right now. They, half of pet parents they surveyed said, hey, we tried to budget how much we're going to spend on our pets. Matter of fact, in some financial plans, <laughs> we have a pet goal. We have an actual pet target goal, how much we're going to spend, or we're getting new pets, whatever it might be. Or pets are ill, right, with, with devastating illnesses, and people don't want to euthanize their pets. They want to try to provide treatment. But they're going to spend, the average per year is 2640 bucks. But I was thinking about this, and I'm like, I wish it was 2640 bucks. The reality is, how much people spend is actually double this. 41% of these respondents said they spend more money on their pets this year than anticipated, citing the financial climate of 2023 as an issue. Mr. Clayton, you probably understand this better than most, but do you remember when you used to go to the vet and walk out and it was way less than 100 bucks, and now when you go to a vet, even just for just, a, just the routine checkups, you walk out? I, I'm afraid. Every time they're totaling up the bill, depending upon which pet needs what, it's expensive. Yeah, it's minimum three bills. It is. Yeah. I mean, no matter what. And I'm not talking about where, you know, pets in the lap of luxury. I'm talking about vaccines and all the other things that you just need to do. The basic stuff. The basic stuff. Yeah. Right? So, of course, 44% of these respondents predict they're going to spend more money on their pets. 45 per this year, for, uh, for 24, 44% said their pet went through a major health illness. 82% said they were unprepared financially for the cost. So have someone that's who, who's close to me. Their dog has uh, lymphoma. Puppy, the dog's seven years old. And they said, well, there's a chance that if you do this treatment, radiation, chemo, whatever it is, uh, you will get another couple of years out of your, your dog. So she's going to do it. $6,000 to do it. And then the pets usually go into remission, and then you might have to do it again. So for most people, 
Heck, we, don't even, we can't even raise 500 bucks in case of an emergency. We're talking some serious money. But there's no, so realistically in the survey, Brent, they said 83% said there's no limit, these pet owners said, on what they would spend to make sure their pet is happy and healthy. 83% said that. I don't want to come off as cold-hearted <laughs> but because I, I have a pet that we dearly love. Oh, you did before you had... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we've had Josie. Little, we had Sophie before. Sophie was yeah. this star. Three-pound Yorkie. But ran everything. Yes. Yes, she <laughs> did. And, and so I get it. But anytime you make an emotional decision about money, you're going to make a mistake. It, and that's true in everything you do. In everything, money, not right? just pets. So what she did was looked at the odds. Mm-hmm. Right. So she said she asked the vet, listen, no, there's there's like an 80 percent chance the dog goes into remission and stays healthy. She goes, she said the vet said she still has dogs that are still in remission and have died of old age. Yeah. So it seemed like the odds were better compared to, say, you're going to keep your pet alive for a month, two months. Then you got to think about what the quality of life is going yes. to be for that. Yes. Because then it's about you, right? Because then you're getting a... If you're making an emotional decision yeah. like that, then you got to ask yourself, what's that animal's life going to be like for the remainder of its life? Exactly. However long or short it is. Because it's not about you. Yeah. Right? If your pet is suffering, then you have to step up and do the right thing. And that's important. So, and here's what it is. Majority of the pet parents said, that they are learning to do things to take better care of their pets because they don't want to be alone. Listen, with the way marriage is going and and demographics as far as childbirth, most retirees, most older Americans are going to be solo. And their pets are going to be their companions. Uh, I did an article with the New York Times a few years ago that went through this process. Right, They need a special diet. Take care of your pet like a child. Some people get triggered by that. <laughs> it's not a child. It's a pet. Okay. But, the, but pets provide a lot of benefits. Right? There's even health benefits to it. So there is more of a trend to spend more on high-quality food. Right? We used to – what was the food with the – oh, the gravy train. Remember gravy the, train. Remember the, the yeah. <laughs> it would go through the kitchen. That damn thing, that carriage with those horses would go through the kitchen and go through the cabinet. I'm like, open the door. It's yeah, in there. It's yeah, not in there. Yeah. It's a bag of gravy train. That would so freak out my dog if that wagon train. If came that really through the came kitchen. through. Yeah. Yeah. It might freak you out too. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Never really seen horses that size. Um, <laughs> Well, they're easy to clean up after, though. <laughs> Even more than the Yorkies. Yes. They're smaller <laughs> than that. Um, the, the issue becomes, I, I'll give you an example. I know this is, is going to be a little weird. I mean, I do cook for my dogs. It's actually cheaper for me to mix up a turkey meatloaf, put all the ingredients in there that are healthy, and cook it for 45 minutes or whatever it is or 30 minutes, whatever it is, to, and then, you know, really grind it up as opposed to buying the farmer's dog, which I will not even tell you, even though it looks like high-quality dog food, what that costs per month per dog. (laughs) 
It's a mortgage payment. You really don't know what's in it. You really don't. I mean, it's got ingredients on the bag, but... And let me say one other thing. Yeah. Once you start cooking for your dogs... You're done? You can never go back. (laughs) Well, listen, um, my dogs do eat dog food as well, but it's the higher quality stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always looking at the ingredients, dehydrated... And so forth. So we supplement with that. So I mix it in so that they're not totally addicted to everything that I'm cooking for them. So they listen, my dogs will eat anything. They eat bugs. All right. They I've never do you ever notice that dogs have this insatiable, insatiable appetite? They never stop eating. Cats will at least go, okay, I'll walk away from the bowl. Dogs don't have this trigger to shut it off when they're full. I actually know some people like that. All right, we're going to get back. We're going to talk about the IRS has issued new guidance, of course, about further postponing this wonderful $600 reporting threshold for third-party payment networks. What a shock. We'll talk about that when we return. Stay tuned. Investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Hello, Butterball Hotline. I'm cooking turkey for my dog. No, I'm not cooking my dog. I'm cooking turkey for my dog. But his head is stuck in the cavity. How do I do it? Can I put him, can I put part of him in the oven and not part of him out because he's stuck? There's got to be a dog food cooking hotline. That would work. What we call it, the Bow Wow line? Sounds like a business opportunity to me. (laughs) Listen, anything with pets seems like a big Yeah. Thing. You're going to make some bucks. Mm-hmm. Pet walkers. There's one kid I work with. She's 16 years old. We had her set up a custodial Roth IRA. And just for the neighborhood, she has very responsible. She's not even 16. Very mm-hmm. responsible. So for the neighborhood, she created a, do- a doggy exercise. Like when you're at work, because now that everybody's going back to work. So she advertises this, and she charges 40 bucks to take your dog out. Really? For how long? At, for you know, 30 minutes, 35 minutes. So during the day, it breaks up the monotony. If you're going to mm-hmm. have a long work day, she'll go ahead, she'll, do, she'll feed them and all that. She's making enough to put like three grand a year into that Roth. Oh, yeah. It's easily better than a dollar a minute. Yeah. She goes, this is better than babysitting. I like animals. I don't like kids. And you don't have to change the diaper. No. 
you don't have to change the diaper. She goes, I love the animals. Mm -hmm. She's very dependent because that's, you know, you're entrusting her to go in your house. And Mm -hmm. she says, listen, I encourage you to even have a camera in your house if you don't feel comfortable. You know, see what I do. You know, she's very, and I'm like, just this kid's great. She goes, I love working with animals. I want to be a veterinarian. And I get to understand their behaviors. And I'm like, oh, gosh, you're, you're going to be That's fine. That's perfect. Yeah. Custodial Roth for IRA yeah. for her. Parents set it up. Very proud. Now, if, uh, if someone were to email you, Richard, at riaadvisors.com, mm-hmm. can you share her information with them? I could, absolutely. But she's in the neighborhood. Like yeah, She yeah. will only go a certain distance. Right. So if you're listening in, in Utah, this won't work. Yeah, no. Even if you're listening like in the next neighborhood, she's probably not going to do it. I mean, but she can't drive. But she's got, right, but she's got enough yeah. in that space Good for her. to do that. That's or she'll great. do in-house dog sitting. Uh-huh. She'll stay at your house. She'll pick up your mail. She'll do all of this. And people, you know, she says, well, you're young. Some, some, she gets some, she gets objections. You're young, and why would I do this? She goes, well, you would entrust me with your child, right? If I were a babysitter, mm-hmm. how old's your babysitter? And they go, okay. <laughs> what time can you be here tomorrow? And she walk my dog around one o'clock. Salesmanship skills. She's good. She goes, well, it makes sense. I mean, if you're entrusting the babysitter, you can trust me with your animals. Sometimes you don't trust the babysitter. <laughs> I have some babysitter stories from when I was a kid that I cannot share on this radio station. Um, you wish you had a camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that distracted me for a bit. Um, her name was Tammy. She was very cute. Um, so she looked like Marsha Brady. That's another thing I'll throw in there. So <laughs> it's just so funny that every girlfriend I ever have resembles Marsha Brady is not a coincidence. Is it, Brent? It just gets worse. It just does. It's called an imprint. Um, so the IRS decides with their bonehead moves to postpone the 600 bucks reporting threshold for third-party payments under 6050W. Right. This was supposed to be effective in 2023. We're going to push that out to 2026. Ooh, who did I sound like there? Just pay your fair share. Um, so taxpayers generally are required to report 2023 payments for pays with more than 200 transactions and 20,000 in aggregated payments. Right. That threshold sort of makes sense. The 600 buck thing sort of doesn't. And frankly, Venmo, eBay, all these companies are fighting this. And it's not a good look for the IRS. So Venmo, PayPal, Cash, Cash App would have to send you a 1099K to anyone receiving over 600 bucks. So when you look at eBay, Etsy, Poshmark, they push back saying, listen, this is going to create a lot of confusion and it's going to make it very hard for sellers to earn a living. And this is, in my opinion, government overreach. So even like if I have to Venmo my kid, I think about it. Now I don't have to think about it because I'm not Ven- Venmoing enough for the threshold. But eventually you got to figure out, yeah, they say they'll code it correctly on the 1099K. If, you know, if you're at your garage sale, and even then, those rules are unclear. Right? 
So if Brent is selling his collection of G.I. Joes at the garage sale and he's making 700 bucks because of the Kung Fu grip, does he have to report that? What's your cost basis on that G.I. Joe there, buddy? What'd you pay for it? Five ninety nine. Back in the day? At Kmart. <laughs> what was the Kmart in Houston, so to speak? I know there was Kmart. Yeah. But wasn't there another didn't you have other discount stores? TGMY. Isn't that a yogurt? No, I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> no, no, what no, I'm kidding. What what Yeah, TGMY. Okay. Um, what'd that stand for? Toys, guns, and yo-yos is what we used to say. <laughs> you know, it's perfect. Yeah. It's like this magazine that I see advertised. Matter of fact, I don't know why they have it in Whole Foods, because you say guns in Whole Foods, everybody cringes like a little, they shit like a little girl in the corner. Garden and guns. Like, mix that up. Yeah. Sort of good. So what other ones did you have? Didn't you have, what's it called? Chrysler? Cress. Uh, Cress? Was it, or Chrys? Or I don't remember a Cress. Okay. Yeah. But you had like these five and dime stores that yeah. were. Then Walgreens moved in and it was all over. <laughs> there was a store in Spring Branch called Dugan Drugs on the corner of Long Point and Peck, right across from the Hillendahl Farm. And that was the drugstore. That sounds like a line from Hee Haw. <laughs> Salute! Um, there are still some of those small pharmacists around in some small towns, yeah. like Stanton. Oh, there's one in Tomball. There is? Yeah. It's a compounding pharmacy. What is a compound? I, uh, special medication formulas. Okay. Not compounding interest in there? No. Okay. Well, they could. Yeah. Some of it's that expensive. Uh, you have special drugs, right? They have yeah. this. This it's sort of an art form. Yes, it that is. They go through that time. Um, so if you're going to transfer more than twenty thousand, you're going to get the ten ninety nine k. So the rules don't change when it comes to the taxability of income, right? Uh, now the IRS has said personal transactions, such as repaying a friend for a meal, aren't meant to be tracked. It's only for um, side gig income right so they're not going to track personal transactions how when, are they not going to track them yeah when does a when does a uh, personal transaction become a side gig like dog walking mm-hmm. right yeah all i know is um if you're a seller on occasion and you sell small amounts of goods like how many times, I mean, I've put some stuff on eBay. It's a pain in the neck because I don't want to go through the whole shipping. But there are people who do that. It's not a business, right? But they're not keeping track of their income and expenses. They're not keeping track of that stuff. So this rule is highly, highly unpopular. So under this relief, the IRS will not assert penalties for failing to file a Form 1099-K um, but again, if it's this 200, tra 200 transactions, $20,000 minimum, that's always been out there. To take it to 600 bucks is a bit of a stretch. Like the IRS does, really needs a PR department <laughs> as opposed to new agents. Don't you think? I don't, uh-oh. Let's not get audited. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> It's not the agent's fault. It's the agency. Is Just leaving my microphone off. 
all I know, this has caused a lot of angst, even with clients who say, oh my gosh, what is this now? Um, I have to report this. And I'm like, no, no, it's postponed. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be, when they say it's postponed out to 2026, it makes me realize that they really made a bonehead move and they're probably just reassessing and hoping that you forget about it. At least that's what I hope that happens. Um, so it's, it's time to familiar yourself with the rules. If you do have an online business that makes less than this $20,000 threshold, you know, uh, Brent just brought up 3000 That's a little different, but I'm saying there are online vendors that just look at this as a side gig that didn't have to worry about it. And in 2026, they look like they will have to worry about it. What you're going to have to worry about on 1099K is if you're doing these personal transactions that they get recorded as such. Because if you Venmo somebody $700 and there's no place there to say that this is just a personal payback for something, it has nothing to do with me selling anything, no side gig here, you're sending money to your child in college, there's got to be a way for that to be marked. So systems have to be updated for all of these companies. In addition, the amount of personal data that these organizations will have to collect is enormous. eBay and all that have to collect your social security number, right? They need all this data. They don't want this data because there's a bigger chance of a breach. So this is an accounting nightmare for these companies, but it's also a data breach issue for you as well as you keeping track of things. So then there's another release. The IRS comes out and says, listen, we might apply a $5,000 threshold for payments made in 24. They're going to formalize it later like they formalize everything else. But just keep in mind, this rule is dead until at least 2026. We'll be right back. Life is an illusion. Can't you see that love is everywhere? Step into the confusion. Can't you hear the sound that's in the air? Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. I would just like to um, have a show with no hosts, just the YouTube chat. We just find a way to encode that to become the radio show would have to use an ai voice yeah yeah they're out of control <laughs> <laughs> they're out of control they have a lot of coffee these people in the morning or they're doing something in the morning some of them get up really really early to catch this show live 
And they have pretty good material. Yeah. I'm going to say that about, is this girl available to take my <laughs> wife out as opposed to the dog? Um, that's pretty damn funny. That's all I know is if the wife sees this, someone's in the dog house. There you go. Yeah. Tomorrow. Is his wife housebroken, you think? Did you ever see that? Um, they have uh, Catwoman and Batman. Yeah. And Batman walks in and he sees Catwoman in the litter box. He goes, this is not what I expected. <laughs> yeah, I think I missed that episode. Uh, I'll have to yeah, that's the... Those sounds are the ones that didn't make it. That it's sounds a, like the far side. Yeah, <laughs> it was sort of like that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, you guys are just too much on the YouTube channel. They're great. I wonder if they keep this up all day. That's what makes me wonder. Are they in this comedic mode all day? It would be fun. So um, <clears throat> for 2024, so one of the things, it's very common for individuals to be suggested or advised to take Social Security before full retirement age, which is age 62. Some cases, that's okay. Some people need the money. They're not working anymore. They can't, they can't hold the job. They need to put food on the table. That's perfectly fine. However, we have a lot of advisors that suggest to individuals to take, 60, take it to 62 because it's going away, even though that individual has a full-time job. So if you start collecting Social Security before full retirement age, you can only earn up to 1860 bucks a month. That's 22320 bucks a year in 2024 before the Social Security Administration starts withholding benefits. It's $1 in benefits withheld for every $2 above that income limit. Right In 2023, the maximum exemption was 1770 So, had a client. She, she worked at a department store, a retail store for years. She wanted to retire. She wanted to take Social Security early, and actually it worked. We talked about it. However, she wanted to go work part-time. We had to make sure that she stayed within the threshold of what she can earn so that her benefits weren't withheld. Now, it doesn't mean you lose them. You'll get them back at full retirement age. But the point I'm trying to make is if you're, make, if you're working a full-time job and you're taking your Social Security before full retirement age, you're not getting all of it. So you got to be careful about taking it when you are in, uh, when you're in work mode. That's very important. So these thresholds, generally speaking, do get raised uh, every year. So that's something that you have to keep in, um, you know, you have to keep in mind. They absolutely do. Um, children. So also, there's a child benefit reduction earning limit is also raised to twenty two thousand three twenty. Children can also lose some of their benefits if they work and earn over 21240 in this year, or 22324 So um, a child's benefit, and that it does happen, is subject to deductions due to work by either the child um, or by the Social Security number holder on whose earnings record the child's benefits are paid. So these certain thresholds that get updated every year um, um, now, um, 
the earnings limit for the year for full retirement age is 59520 People do not realize that Social Security at a specific point becomes taxable. 50 cents to 85 cents on the dollar. Uh, now, this is not someone that's under the full retirement age, right? Um, a person may lose benefits if she reaches full retirement age and earns over 59000 or they're going to have to have taxes withheld. So when you are coordinating your retirement income, it's great that you look at, well, what tax bracket am I going to retire into? Most likely, it is not going to be the lowest bracket. You got to consider the fact that your Social Security is taxable. And does that taxation actually push you into a higher marginal bracket. That's the way you look at your taxes holistically. Now, some people are not going to be able to avoid it because of the calculation that goes into what makes Social Security taxable, including half your Social Security benefit. Right? It is designed for you to pay taxes. But you have to consider that fact when you take it. And you look at how much money you're going to take out of your IRAs. Are you working a part-time job plus what your Social Security is going to be? Which is another reason, besides being longevity risk, is why some people will wait till age 70. Because they're working that long. And at age 70, they're deciding to retire. I cannot tell you how many people I talk to that the retirement age is not 65. It's closer to 75. And what I mean closer to 75, it means the full-time job ends at 70, the part-time job starts at 70 and goes to around 73 to 75. Part for the money, part for just getting out there and being engaged socially, which is very, very important. This ain't your grandma's retirement. When I was a kid, I used to love the Little Rascals. And the Little Rascals, there was one show where I think it was Pops. Pops was this old dude, and he had all the kids living with him. And Pops was going to get a pension. Pops was getting his pension, and everybody was all excited because he was like, we're going to take you out for ice cream, and we're going to do all this stuff because Pops is getting his retirement, his pension check. I'm waiting for my pension check. We're all waiting for our pension checks. We don't get, I'm when I was like, pension, what's that? Like, when I was a kid watching that, it fascinated me. Yeah. Like, because this pension coming in meant everything. Like, this was like Pops was going to get us ice cream and cake, and everybody was going to get new clothes. And I'm like, wow, I want one of those <laughs> So <with laughs> when I get old. Pops, with all these kids, was he running a welfare scam? Listen. It's the little rascals, man. These kids wound up, they were like roaches, <laughs> or even though how roach did it. They were, they, these kids wound up living with all these old people. I don't know where they went, right? All of a sudden, this old guy's got all these kids, right? Like you said, it was a little suspicious, mm. right? We just didn't know enough to ask. Right. The, the only time. one who didn't bring all those kids in was Mrs. Crabtree. Mm -hmm. She was a looker, <laughs> Mrs. Crabtree. Richard? Come on, you know she was. Sort of along that Marsha Brady kind of, kind of look. 
Um, yeah, so pensions we don't have. So when you retire, how you put together your retirement income is important, right? How you manage your tax bracket and also include the fact that Social Security is going to be taxable. So if I'm at age 70 and I retire and I take Social Security, one, I get a delayed retirement uh, credit from full retirement age to 70. And remember, if you are married and you had a non-working spouse or a spouse who didn't pay in as much, then you also have to consider the survivor benefit. It's not just your life expectancy. It's one of your spouse. Not the one that would be taken out by the girl walking the dogs. Uh, but um, <clears throat> that still gets me. I'm going to think of you picking up that. I don't know. It just, that got me today. Um, so keep in mind that um, thresholds for Social Security, how much you can earn before it's taxed, thresholds get increased. But there's still not enough for not for you to... Listen, let me take a step back. I do have clients where they're not taxed on their Social Security because for the most part, they pretty much live on Social Security. They live on Social Security, they have a part-time job, and they have no debt. And their life is very simple. I will not say they're unhappy. They seem incredibly fulfilled with the life they have. But many of us are going to have to plan for how taxes are going to affect us in retirement. And if I don't include Social Security into that equation on, for, for, my tax, for tax purposes, <clears throat> if I don't at least examine whether or not I'm going to pay more than my base premiums for Medicare, that I'm losing a very big part of my planning process. Nothing wrong with accountants or tax advisors, but they don't really look at that. They're there to save you taxes today. I'm worried about taxes tomorrow when you're not an earnings machine and you don't have the money to pay for it. And that's an advisor who focuses on decumulation as well as accumulation. Well, we appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you for tuning in to Financial Fitness Friday. You guys on YouTube, you'll make my day. <laughs> oh, you'll do. Today was especially a crazy day on YouTube. Uh, go to Real Investment Advice, pick up our latest articles. Again, navigating the markets in a presidential cycle. Greg Valliere, sign up. Tickets are going quickly. We'll see you soon. Have a great holiday, everyone.